Good, everybody. Hoping you're having a pleasant week wherever you may be. Welcome to the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Chris Brooks here with you to get you ready for the playoffs. And I've got the whole playoffs. game. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Who had Tom? Um <laughs> Yeah, if you had Tom in your in your playoffs pool, then you win. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. I don't know what he's won, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, it's time, guys. It's flew by. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, uh, I mean, it really seems like it was just briefly. You know, it, it has flown by. We were, you know, we were roasting out there on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly. Still fairly warm for November first, so thankfully, uh, <laughs> yeah, you certainly have to change. But at some point, but uh, you know, nothing wrong with seventy in November. Oh no, and it's supposed to be beautiful uh, for uh, Friday night um, this week, and and football weather. So yeah, um, yeah, you know, everybody get out. You, you know, if if you need your blankets, get your hoodies out. Go yeah. out to a ball game. There you go. Let's take a look at the AP rankings one more time for this season as they're going to go away after this week, I believe, unless they do year-end rankings, I think. But uh, no matter either way, um, 6A had a lot of shuffling after those Week 11 games, except for Oakland and Cane Ridge, who stayed 1-2. and two, And then everybody else decided they were just going to find a different spot. <laughs> yeah, big nose dive. Dobbins Bennett down five, Centennial down six, and then Maryville jumps back up in the top three. And uh, guys, I think we believe Maryville still belongs there. No, they've had a seventy-three season, and uh, uh, you know, for Maryland, that's a bad year. Maryville, that's a bad year considered by some fans, but uh, I still think that's a really good football team. And not there's not very many worlds where a three-loss team is going to be in your top three, but when your name is Maryville, you can pull that off. Yeah. You know, we talked a lot about Beach and, and you know, them crawling, uh, climbing into this. Boy, they climb up to six at the end of the season. And, you know, we were saying all along that we thought they should be, you know, they, they deserved a place on this list. Pretty respectable finish to the regular season there in that ranking. Yep. Yeah, the only team there in 6A that's kind of a surprise there is Brentwood, at, uh, just outside of the top ten, uh, holding victories over uh, the number 10 team and also uh, a win over uh, independence as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that way that uh, region seven, six, a worked out Friday night, uh, Scott, you were at Brentwood for that Brentwood Centennial game. Just the way that it worked out, you know, it, it couldn't have went any worse for Centennial. No, it really couldn't have. I mean, uh, you know, about midway through, uh, about midway through the third quarter, it started floating around that Ravenwood was way up uh, on on Independence a- across the Brentwood side, and uh, it you know you you could tell that they were just amped up even more knowing that information. Um, Centennial played well, but they just I mean this is one of those situations you have to get the ball in the end zone when you start get talking about getting in the playoffs, field goals aren't going to cut it. Yep. And that's what cost them. I mean, two, two really big plays, the long run by uh, the wrong, the long run by Nasser that gave uh, Brentwood the lead uh, at halftime. And then a long screen pass that gave them field position to get the uh, Adam Fontecha touchdown run. And that was really all it took. Yep. Yeah. 
we'd be remiss without mentioning Blackman, uh, won the number nine this week. Uh, they had already had second place locked up in their region, so they were able to uh, kind of enjoy week 11 and finish with eight and two, marking the regular season. Um, 5A, you know, nobody moved. I mean, it's you've got your four teams at 10 and 0, and then a six pack at eight and two behind them. Knoxville West has all the first place votes, and Nolensville number two. I think that's pretty close to being right, guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Powell team there at six, two losses without quarterback Jordan Potts early on in the season. Uh, but I definitely think that they're probably a top four team, uh, as well as the Page Patriots. Uh, you know, they had rough back-to-back weeks um, that really gave them their two losses in the season. But I still think that they're probably a top five team. Yep. And yeah. Now Juliet at seven you know, over Green Hill last Friday night. Uh, they win for the Golden Bears in the Mayor's Cup game. Uh, certainly uh, well-deserved for Mount Juliet to be in that top 10. Green Hill falls out and doesn't get votes after that loss. But uh, Green Hill at Page is one of those playoff games we'll talk about later on. Uh, it's a it's a rematch from last year, and there are several of those on the schedule for this week. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into those in a bit. We look over at 4A. No change among the top 10 either. Uh, Greenville and yet unanimous number one. Pearl Cones at four. Uh, Macon County's at eight and holding steady there. And then DeKalb County just outside getting at least a, po- a vote in the poll. This is yeah, going to be interesting. County. I'm sorry, Tom, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say DeKalb County coming off another heartbreaking overtime loss. Two in three weeks, they lost by a single point in overtime. And uh, Stone Memorial got them on a two-point conversion there in the overtime session. DeKalb County's lost three in a row as they go into the playoffs. But I think they're a dangerous six and four team. That uh, you know that needs to be watched out for in the first round up against uh, the teams out of Region Three Four A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oddly enough, go ahead, Scott. Well, I, I was just going to say that you know you look at a team like Macon County, who's number eight, and then you look down, others receiving votes, and there's Red Bank sitting down there. You know, yeah, that's how close these teams are uh, when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about voting. Is that uh, I mean that could quickly just flop. <laughs> you know, uh, based upon uh, how things turn out on Friday. Yeah, you talked about the cap having those two one-point losses. Uh, both those losses uh, came via two-point conversions. Uh, they mm-hmm. failed to hit a two-point conversion against Upperman, uh, and then uh, Stone scores a two-point conversion uh, to defeat the cap. They're two points away from being region champs. Ironically, Stone beat Upperman on a two-point conversion out of Region 4-4A, and uh, I believe it was uh, also a two-point conversion in the Macon County Stone Memorial game. So that's how close that region has been this year. And, uh, you know, DeKalb is two and three in the region. They finished fourth. And I'm telling you, just by a razor's edge, it could be flip-flopped around. They could have won this region. Yep. Yeah. Just a handful of plays between all four of those teams. It's kind of wild how that worked out. Scott, you had something else? Well, I was just going to agree with you and, and agree with uh, Tom, too, that, you know, really you're talking about, uh, you know, sorting all this out in the playoffs. Uh, it's it's really in that in that region and those uh, two regions that are up against each other, anybody's game. Yeah, moving over to 3A, guys. Uh, Smith County moves up to number five after the home win against East Nashville. Um that quadrant really is the only quadrant that we will cover um, until later on in the playoffs uh, that has Waverly, Smith County, East Nashville, and also Fairview receiving votes as well. Uh, those four teams uh, I do expect to win Friday night, and uh, they'll wind up playing each other next week. Yep. 
Yeah, could be some interesting stuff over there in 3A with Alcoa, unanimous number one. Um, East Nashville drops three spots, and then Covington, Waverly, and Smith County all move up one as a result. Uh, Fairview's loss knocked them out of the top ten. They in that others receiving votes category as Unicoi County jumps into the number 10 slot over in 2A. Uh, the only one of the only ones that didn't have a unanimous number one, Tyner, has nine of the 11 first place votes this week. East Robertson at number five is the only area school actually ranked Westmoreland just outside there in 11th. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything that, that really kind of uh, jumps out as egregious here. Um, all those teams in the top five are, are, are pretty solid where they're at, I think. Yeah, 2A, guys, is the one classification that is 100% wide open. I know Tyner uh, received nine out of 11 first-place votes, uh, but it, you could very easily you know, pick any one of those 10. And honestly, a couple other teams that are just outside of the top 10 that could bring home that gold ball in 2A. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be interesting one to keep an eye on as the first couple of weeks anyway to see who – hangs around to that third weekend. And uh, you, know, you look at a team like East Robertson, they've got home field advantage throughout the playoffs up until the championship game. So, you know, who knows? I mean, they're going to be able to do it home. One thing I will mention, uh, we talked about uh, the tradition of a team that we do cover, Trousdale County, last week. Um, rose up from nowhere and defeated uh, Watertown to find a way in the playoffs for the 35th year. They're trying to keep tradition alive again as they've ended Tyner's season the last four years as well, and they make that trip to Chattanooga. That will be something to keep an eye on this week for sure. And, and yeah. I, and I think all bets, are, all bets are off with Trousdale right now, and, uh, man, hats off to them for going and getting it done last Friday night. You, you know, tradition means something on the Creek Bank, guys, and and despite the fact they've struggled a lot this season, to go to Watertown, their biggest rival in region play, probably maybe their biggest rival arguably going right now to win that game by two touchdowns. My goodness, hats off to Trousdale County. Yes, yeah. those kids, and, and as well with uh, Coach Satterfield, uh, it, it was a mind game uh, Friday night. Uh, so to start, uh, Trousdale County, of course, on the road at Watertown, and Trousdale County comes out in their – what would have been their home playoff matchup traditionally, purple on purple. And they're on the road. They do warm-ups in purple on purple. They go into the locker room and they change out into their white tops so they're white on purple. Uh, just kind of a little mind game there that Coach Satterfield played with uh, Watertown and then uh, made a big change. Uh, Coben Calhoun that had started at quarterback for them uh, all the way up to this point lines up at running back and we get in the wing tee and – Waterdown didn't know what to do with it. They didn't even show it in, in warm-ups that uh, Coven would be lining up at, at running back, and uh, it definitely paid dividends, as we'll see here in just a minute. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cam. This is the fifth consecutive year that Trousdale County has ended Watertown season. Yes. Yep. Four times in the quarterfinal round, and then now in a pseudo-playoff game in Week 11. So. And what's worse yep. than that, all five were at Watertown. Yep. Yep. So. Maybe then find a way to flip the script next year if Watertown hopes to get past that. Well, past they they won't have a they won't have a chance to. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Different region. That's true. Yep. Still waiting on those to be dropped at some point. Whenever they are, we'll talk about them. Uh, let's finish with one A real quick. Uh, Gordon's Falls lost to Clay County, dropped them only one spot. They went found from ninth to tenth, but uh, other than that, the rest of the top ten pretty much intact from last week. Yeah, huge uh, call there from Tom picking Clay County last week. 
Uh, their score against York really opened my eyes. I thought that game would be close. And uh, the Bulldogs found a way to get it done with a veteran coaching staff. Yep. Yeah, they uh, that was a battle, guys. It was back and forth all night between those two. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was going to be more of a defensive battle. I expected a lower scoring game than what it ended up being. But uh, hats off to Clay County. They've been ex- an exceptionally good football team this year. And uh, Gordonsville's right there with them, though. And, and I tell you, it's going to be interesting here in a couple of weeks because I think Clay County's going to come out into the quarterfinal round. Gordonsville most likely is going to have to go through South Pittsburgh again. Those two have a long-standing rivalry. I think there's going to be some really good matchups there in that uh, that segment of 1A. Yeah, Gordonsville will have to get by South Pitt in the second round to, to get a rematch with Clay County if they want it. So that would be a, that could be a good one next week if they continue to move on. Uh, Division 2, there's not a lot really to discuss here. Uh, in single A, Middle Tennessee Christian and Jackson Christian flop spots. Actually, the Cougars fell into the tie for fourth in Nashville Christian. Um, Friendship Christian didn't get all the first place votes. USJ got one out of the 11, even though Friendship Christian finished 10 of them. So, let's I believe uh, USJ's gotten one the last few weeks. I think they, yeah. they have. Yeah, I think they've gotten. Yeah, think, West Tennessee voters. <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> Lipscomb Academy, unanimous in double A. CPA gets back into the receiving votes category. Uh, FRA jumps Chattanooga Christian to fourth. In triple A, it's NBA unanimous and you know, Brentwood Academy fourth and Answorth fifth. McCauley was tied for second. They're now third solo. So, Yeah, the only thing on here, uh, the way Nashville Christian beat DCA, I, I would have been perfectly fine with Nashville Christian being three. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And something to keep an eye on there in that bracket is we'll take a look at here in the next segment too when we get diving into these brackets. Um, you, you did mention, Cam, you mentioned Colvin Calhoun and he is one of our Miracle Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week finalists for week number 11. So let's just go ahead and go over those finalists. You mentioned Calhoun, 142 yards and three touchdowns on the ground on nine carries. He was two of two passing for 30 yards, and he also had an interception, I think a two-point conversion as well, for the Yellow Jackets in that win at Watertown, 21-7. to uh, Westmoreland's Cam Eden, 161 yards and two touchdowns on nine carries, seven of 11 passing, 70 yards, three touchdowns. Westmoreland all over Harvard, 49 to 14. Clarksville Academy's DJ Merriweather, 10 of 14 passing, 220 yards, four touchdowns, 74 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. They knocked off Mount Julia Christian, 49 to 13. NBA's Jonathan Moore, 137 yards rushing and three touchdowns on 15 carries. Also caught a touchdown pass for 32 yards as NBA beat Knoxville Catholic, 56 to 24. Ensworth's Levi Moore, 10 of 11 passing, 137 yards, three touchdowns, 15 carries, 206 yards, as the Tigers beat Briarcrest Christian, 42-28. Ravenwood's Carter Pace, 26 carries, 252 yards, four touchdowns in that win at Independence that Scott mentioned earlier. Riverdale's Isaiah Verser, 23 carries, 227 yards, and three touchdowns in Riverdale's 33-14 win over Stewart's Creek. Pretty good group of finalists there. Uh, voting just wrapped up a short time ago on Tuesday, and Coben Calhoun did come away with the fans' votes this week. Tom, you also went with Coben Calhoun. Well, you know, guys, you look, and, and there's a lot of impressive stats by a lot of really good players this week, but Charleston County Watertown was a playoff game for all intents and purposes. And Coben Calhoun, as Cam mentioned, made the position switch. Nine carries, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. Pretty good stats in its own right. And, um, 
Had the 30 yards passing, picked off a pass, two-point conversion. I mean, this this young man was doing everything. This is what star players, good players do. They step up in playoff-caliber football games. That's what Colvin Calhoun did, and I think he stands above the rest, and I voted him player of the week. Cam, you agree with him? I did. Uh, you know, as Tom said, they had to have it. It was a playoff game. You know, they, they had to win. Uh, credit Partial credit here goes to Coach Satterfield for moving him uh, to the running back position, but at the end of the day, players make plays, and Coben made made enough plays to get his team in the playoffs. He's one of the only, you know, we talk about the numbers being down at Charles County. He's one of the only kids returning from last year's team that got quality playing time, uh, starting at quarterback last year before having season-ending surgery on his shoulder. Uh, Coben is a great athlete, a triple sport athlete, and he definitely come out Friday night and showed that he wanted it more than Watertown. Scott, you went with Carter Pace. I did. Um, in a game that uh, Ravenwood had to have uh, to uh, stay, uh, have a chance at that region, he comes up with 252 yards and uh, and four touchdowns. I just thought that uh, in those circumstances, uh, and take nothing away from Coben Calhoun, he was actually my number two. Uh, I thought Carter Pace was, uh, uh, you know, meant a lot to that uh, to that effort. I typically get the last vote in these, and I kind of see how everything goes. When I when I knew that Colvin Calhoun was going to get the votes that he did, I went ahead and went with Carter Pace just to give him a nod because I thought he should have gotten more love than he did. Uh, Colvin Calhoun, though, is going to be our Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week from Trousdale County. So congratulations to Colvin. We've got some hardware that we're going to be delivering over to the Creek Bank very soon for that young man. Very, very well-deserving. Absolutely. All right, let's hear from those fine sponsors at Miracle Auto Group before we go forward. Hi, everyone. Jim Galvin, Miracle Ford, your Ford dealer in Gallatin, Tennessee, since 1980. Great news. Beginning now, when you need service, we can come to you. Our mobile service van comes to you wherever you are. Whether you need oil change, lube, routine maintenance, warranty, filters, wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, recalls, and more. Visit our website or call us now. Actually, I'm going to call them in the morning. Um, I've got to set up my oil change this week. Uh, but uh, hey, guys, uh, folks out there, do us a favor. If you if you, if you're looking for a vehicle, make sure you check into uh, Miracle Auto Group. And hey, while you're there, let them know uh, that you that you saw them on uh, the Midstate 48. Yep. Yes. New Ross inventory Parkins. is up at both locations. So if you're looking for a new vehicle, come on by. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to some of these brackets and start talking about the playoffs this week. And we're going to start in 6A because, you know, there's a lot of intrigue in, in some of these regions. Uh, look really, over. Chris puts the colors on there because he knows that I need I need color charts. <laughs> I, I try to help the people, Scott. I try to help the people. <laughs> oh, I, I thought he was doing it for me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> Shout out to Chris for finding all these logos, though. I know they're hard to find. They can be, but uh, we won't talk about how long that took. Um, <laughs> on to round number one, we got these matchups with Stewart's Creek on the road to Coffee County, uh, Blackman Host and Cookville, Riverdale at Lebanon, which is our spotlight series game for this week, and then Shelbyville at Oakland. A look at this particular bracket, and I mean, until somebody beats Oakland, it's theirs for the taking. But of these teams, do you think there's one that may give them a little bit of work? I won't say that they'll give them work, but the most, you know, 
the spotlight game of the week for us is Riverdale Lebanon, rightfully so. Coffee County better be ready to play Friday night. This Stewart's Creek team is hot. You know, they they just happened to go up against another team that was hot too in Riverdale last Friday night. Uh, if you're talking about a four versus one matchup in the state, uh, regardless of classification, this is one of the more intriguing ones where the four has a really good shot. Let's rewind for just a second about that Stewart's Creek game Friday night because that first minute was insane with two kickoff returns for a touchdown by Stewart's Creek and then a long touchdown run by Riverdale. It was 14-7 less than 60 seconds in, and then Stewart's Creek doesn't score again. Crazy. That's That was insane. Yeah, two big plays, and then that 72-yard run by Isaiah Verser, uh, kind of a palate cleanser <laughs> right in between. But if uh, – if I'm looking at a team outside of Oakland in this in this bracket, I'm looking at Blackman. I think that uh, Blackman has a really good chance to to get uh, to that uh, to that round against Oakland. And if Oakland stumbles, they may be ready to pounce. Yeah, I think the key for Blackman. I agree with you, Scott. I like I like this Blackman team in the top half of the bracket. But the key, they're going to have to find a way to slow Oakland down. That's been the problem the last couple of years. Blackman can move the football. They've got a great offense. It's the defense that's going to have to step it up. And if they can do that, maybe they have a shot at taking down Oakland. Again, I like them in that top side, but uh, they're going to have to shore up some deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. Blackman's defense has done well in every game except Oakland pretty much. So that's, that's – yeah. And also in that first matchup between those two, uh, you know, Blackman tried the onside kicks. They tried a couple trick plays here and there. Uh, the ball just didn't bounce their way. If that ball bounces out of the way, you got a great game, uh, and that could definitely happen in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Let's roll back to the Riverdale-Lebanon matchup for just a second, though, because this is a rematch of round two from last year. The Lebanon kind of put 6A on notice by beating Riverdale. They ended up losing to Oakland next week, but the kind of the hangover a little bit for Lebanon has been real. They've lost a couple of games they probably shouldn't have, and are now the number two seed as a result. Lebanon has not played their best ball yet. That's one thing uh, – that if you're a Blue Devil fan, you have to be optimistic about. Uh, they definitely have enough talent to, to win the game against Riverdale and also challenge Oakland. I know uh, early on in the season, Chris, you were you were kind of on the Blue Devil uh, bandwagon as far as they were one of the teams in 6A that could compete with Oakland. Uh, and they definitely have the talent to. Uh, but, again, they've not played their best ball yet. Well, uh, I think – yeah, I think Coach Gentry would agree that this team has shot themselves in the foot a number of times, uh, whether it be penalties, turnovers, or you know, or you know, injuries. I know the last two games that they uh, Anthony Crowell's been out, but the the uh, the the interesting thing is that they they've won ex- with the exception of those two games, despite some of those uh, miscues. Um, you know, you never can count uh, uh, Coach Gentry out because his defense is always going to st- always going to step up. Yeah, that, the one those miscues that they've had though in those games late in the season, they can't afford them now because the way Riverdale has played the last four or five weeks, they're a much improved team from the, the team that struggled badly in the first half of the season, and one we thought would not make the playoffs. But here they are after a hot streak in October. Yeah, they found identity on the offensive side of the ball for sure. Skip over to Region 5 and 6 for just a few minutes. Um, McGavick at Beach, Hendersonville at Smyrna, Overton at Clarksville, Gallatin at Cane Ridge. To me, this screams Beach, Cane Ridge in the quarterfinals, but is there a team that could possibly disrupt that? Smyrna. Uh, I think that's the only one. Uh, I think Smyrna is good enough on the defense side of the ball uh, that they could be a problem for Beach. Uh, 
but ultimately Beach has a good defense too. So uh, that one could be a 21-14 game there in the second round. Yeah. I'm going to look at a dark horse here in, in Clarksville. I think that uh, Coach uh, Shelby, uh, it, it's taken them half the season because they got their quarterback back. Uh, this year he was out all of last year with injury so it's taken him a while their last few games they've actually been playing very good offense and and pretty good defense to hold Gallatin to one you know to, to that one score last week um, and they were the team that knocked Cane Ridge out in the first round last year um, so you know if there's a dark horse in this I like Clarksville to be that dark horse yeah I could see Clarksville definitely putting a scare into Cane Ridge if they get to that second round. And like you say, Scott, they played some really good football in the second half of the season and uh, kind of quietly snuck in there, and uh, they've got that two seed there. And, and I agree with you as well, Cam. I like Smyrna in the top half of that bracket to give Beach a pretty good go around that second round if they both make it there because uh, that Smyrna team's got a great defense. And anytime you got a star player like an Arian Carter, you know, you look at teams like that, big performers step up big when the postseason rolls around, or at least they should, and that gives Smyrna a big-time weapon. I'm going to look at Overton for a minute because this is a team that the entire season has played without their best weapon at Juice Majors. They're still hoping they can get him back in time to maybe get on the field this year after a knee injury. But uh, if he does, it does change the dynamic both offensively and defensively, the Bobcats' outlook. However, this is – a Clarksville team that Scott says is very prudent, and they, they're actually correct. I mean, they, these two teams played in week one. Overton won late on a touchdown at Clarksville. It's going to be hard to beat them a second time up there in Clarksville. But if Overton can, and Juice Majors is able to get back on the field, they can disrupt some things in this bracket, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and Cane Ridge can't sleepwalk through Gallatin. Not one bit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Not one bit. Seven and eight and six A. These two regions, they finally got things sorted out Friday night, and we could have thrown them in a hat and figured out where they were going to land. But uh, it landed on Germantown at Ravenwood, Independence at Houston, Collierville at Brentwood, and Centennial at Bartlett. So, yeah, you you want to see high-quality football, guys. I was <laughs> counted them uh, while we had the AP up. Five out of these eight teams um, are either in the top ten or receiving votes to be in the top ten. Uh, so over half, the, half of this bracket uh, – is receiving votes to get in the top 10. And, you know, they're both regions are relatively similar to each other. Yeah. You know, the, the Memphis region, everybody has the same record and they've all beat each other. And sure enough, in the Williamson County region, <laughs> they got pretty close to the same record and they've all beat each other. Yeah. So uh, it, it's definitely an intriguing matchup. And I could definitely see, I would say any of the eight, but I would, I would cut it down to six. I say there's six teams here with the possibility to get to the quarters, uh, to get to the semis. I, I think that there are some questions. I mean, uh, Ravenwood is, is playing well. It, it, their, you know, their t chances definitely change if they get Chris Parson back. Uh, that's going to be a big, big part of theirs. Uh, I wouldn't count out Centennial, though. I think um, – Centennial and Brentwood very well could be, you know, a, a second round rematch just two weeks later. And uh, those two teams played so, so tight most of that game. It'll be interesting to see how, how that game turns out, uh, you know, two weeks later. Yeah. 
I mean, just look at these four one matchups, guys. You got eight two Germantown, six and four Ravenwood, and then you got eight and two Centennial and eight and two Bartlett. I mean, you got you got eight great football teams here, guys. This is gonna be this is gonna be one of the best quadrants to watch in, in any of the classifications. Because I honestly think anybody could come out of this if somebody gets hot. I'm like you, Chris. If if Chris Parson comes back, you like Ravenwood's chances a whole lot better. That's gonna be a tough matchup in the first round with Germantown. And whoever survives this crapshoot bracket. Is hosting the semifinal game in, in the Western half of six eight. So, and if that other bracket works out, they would be hosting the winner of. If they work out the way most perceive it to be. They would play the winner of Cambridge and Beach. Yeah, th- this could be a really really fun six eight playoffs in this half of the bracket. It may be yep. the most entertaining group of games across the board, just because of of the way these teams have, have worked themselves out. Hard to pick winners on this side for sure. And it's all honestly nice because. Every year in the East, you could say, "Well, it's going to be Oakland versus Maryville." Yep. Yep. <laughs> you like you like a little bit of that mystery, huh, Cam? Yeah. Yeah. Variety's a not, variety's not a bad thing. Every now and then. Speaking of no. which, let's go back over to five A. Um, now, Juliet's win over Green Hill puts them in the number one spot. They'll host Lincoln County this week. Page and Green Hill run back their quarterfinal matchup from last year in the first round. This time around, this time and Page will host this one. Franklin County travels to White County, and Wilson Central goes to Nolansville. Guys, let's discuss this one. I mean, uh, Page Green Hill to me is the one that jumps out because I, I think this game, this was a blowout last year. I don't think it's that way this time. No, I agree with you, Chris. I think that uh, that's going to be a tough, tough game for both teams. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me, quite frankly, to see the winner of that game come out of this. Um you know, all things being considered, if if Nolensville trips or Mount Juliet trips along the way, uh, I like this Page team. I like, uh, but I tell you, you 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 can't sleep on Wilson Central now. I mean, they they have gotten steadily better. Uh, I, I don't, you know, we'll get into picking these games later, but uh, I, you know, as far as that team goes, that's heads and tails above where they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah, this bracket is got a couple sleepers in it when you consider that White County has the best running back in 5A football. Uh, but they're also going up against a Franklin County team that gave Nolensville and Page all that they wanted and wound up finishing th- as the number three seed. Uh, and then, you know, you mentioned Wilson Central, Scott. I also agree with you on, on that, that uh, Wilson Central is definitely a, a team that has gotten better uh, you looked at them the first three weeks of the season, and you would have said things are not looking good for the Wildcats, and then here they are in the playoffs out of a tough region. Uh, that Mount Juliet team is a team that still is not hardly getting the respect uh, that, that they deserve as region champs. The, the only loss this year coming to uh, Galton at week, week zero, week one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that potential second-round matchup with Mount Juliet Green Hill or Mount Juliet Page uh, – Kind of smell a little spotlight there, yeah, maybe. And it would maybe. be over. It would be over the Bearden and Mount Julia too. I mean, they're going to host that first and second round. Um, but everything to me goes goes through Nolansville. Uh, that defense is one of the most improved year over year this season, and that offense is still very powerful. And it's a program that is used to the spotlight as far as playoffs are concerned. They've been in the postseason every year. They've been eligible and. Not only that, they've had several deep runs. So the way that that Knights program is going right now, it, Mount Juliet Nolensville could be a really, really, 
really fun quarterfinal game if it comes to fruition. Seven and eight in 5A. You've got Henry County hosting Dyer County. Portland travels to Southwind. Springfield hosting Memphis Central and Northeast traveling out to Munford. Um, Do we see Henry County and Springfield run it back or does somebody else disrupt this? Well, it's a little bit of a tough draw. And, and, you know, we can only cover the 615 preps teams. Uh, So when you look at Munford at 10 and 0, you you know, as a Middle Tennessee media person, we don't really know for sure what Munford has. But just looking at their scores, uh, that Munford team may have something to say about that matchup. Yeah, I can see that. A 10-0 team, and again, we don't know a whole lot about them, but uh, you probably can bet they, they've beaten some uh, pretty solid football teams along the way, and uh, going 10-0 is hard enough despite how difficult your schedule may be, even in high school football. But, uh, yeah, watch out for Munford there, and uh, I think Henry County, again, there's a Southwind team we don't know much about. We'll know a little bit more this week when uh, they take on Portland, and, uh, you know, can Portland make a little noise in the playoffs? They've had a fairly nice season, and uh, – uh, maybe th- try to throw a wrench in some of the plans of uh, some of these teams as well. Yeah, I think that it didn't, uh, you know, uh, Springfield didn't do themselves any any favors winding up on this side of the bracket. I think that they, you know, uh, Henry County has definitely got a little bit uh, uh, easier road than, than Springfield does for sure. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I think Henry County is, uh, is, is definitely the, the – the player in the in the top bracket bottom one uh, yeah i'm like you cam uh, you know mumford looks very very strong um but uh you never can count out coach wilson and his team his jackets are are, are very very tough and now that crenshaw is back um uh, that just brings another dynamic to their offense yeah and the key there for springfield i know you mentioned um crenshaw being back for the offense uh, but you mentioned Coach Wilson, and he is a defensive coach, and defense travels in the postseason. So that is an advantage for Springfield. Let's drop over to 4A and, and check out Regions 3 and 4, the, the ones we've talked about a lot this season. Uh, DeKalb County at East Hamilton, Chattanooga Central at Upper Macon County at Red Bank, and Hickson at Stone Memorial. Um, those four could have wound up any other, any other way, honestly. But uh, out of these matchups, is there one that – sticks out to you more than the others? Uh, yes, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Macon County Red Bank sticks out the most. Uh, you're going to really find out if Macon County uh, has been a top-10 team as they go on the road to, to face the Lions. The Lions had two back-to-back weeks against Fayetteville and then East Hamilton. It winded up costing them the region uh, championship. But Macon County uh, finishes third. <laughs> they pretty much get the short end of, of the stick out of a three-way tiebreaker. Um, I'm Macon County has the talent. Gabe Borders is good enough to uh, go on the road and have a big performance and win this game. Uh, the other matchup here, guys, is that uh, that top matchup there. DeKalb County going to East Hamilton. DeKalb, you know, two one-point losses in region. Uh, really good team, uh, physical team, a team that uh, ever since uh, the quarterback got hurt, uh, Kobe Barnes and that offensive line could really shorten that game and keep uh, East Hamilton's athletes off the field. So that's a dangerous matchup for East Hamilton. That Macon Red Bank game, from what I've understood, again, I don't follow the Chattanooga area quite as close, but Red Bank has had a, one of their offensive, primary offensive weapons that have gotten hurt, and they've really struggled down the stretch. Is uh, I believe Fayetteville, and look, Fayetteville's a great team out of 1A, so <laughs> taking nothing away from them, but they beat Red Bank 38-2 to just a couple of weeks ago. Red Bank's really struggled. I really like Macon County in that matchup there. 
the thing is you got to go down to Red Bank, and that's not always an easy thing to do. You mentioned DeKalb County East Hamilton. One one player that's really stood out for DeKalb County of late that's not being talked about quite enough is Malachi Trapp. He has really stepped up in that offensive backfield. Yes. He's kind of assumed that slash sort of role that we saw Isaac Knowles play in last year. He's a big weapon for DeKalb County. Guys, i tell you what, I like 4-4-A uh, in, in these matchups. I, I think there should, should be some good games here. But uh, I think 4-4-A is really strong one through four, and I think they got a good chance to possibly even come away with a sweep in round one. Right. I actually agree with you, Tom. I think that I think that DeKalb County's run game and Coach Trap up there, I think they can actually take it to East Hamilton. But, again, to answer Chris's question, yeah, the game that sticks out to me is that Macon County Red Bank game. Yeah. Um, Macon County just does uh, so many things well. Uh, special teams, defense, offense. If they play their game and they don't turn the ball over, they should come away with a victory in this game. It'll be a big reversal from their second round game last year where they went down to Red Bank and lost 47 to 7 to end their year last year. So, And the reason why that's the most uh, intriguing game is because about three weeks ago, you could say that was the quarterfinal game. Yeah. 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 And then there is in the first round. That's just how these last three weeks have gone for, for this entire group of teams. Uh, flipping over to Regions 5 and 6, it's Pearl Cone hosting Jackson Southside, Hardin County hosting Creekwood, Marshall County hosting Chester County, and Greenbrier traveling out to Lexington. Um, guys, well, get your thoughts on these. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I, I think that Pearl Cone is definitely the uh, uh, the team to beat here, but if, if I'm looking for a, a team that I think is ready to make some noise, I think it's Creekwood. I think Creekwood has been playing uh, much, much better. Uh, they are, you know, they are just kind of sneaky good. Have kind of flown under the radar. Uh, I have, think they have a really good chance to see Pearl Cone in that second round. Now, where it goes from there, uh, you know, Pearl Cone is going to Pearl Cone. I mean, those Firebirds are just tough. Bottom of the bracket, I, I kind of think it's Marshall County. Uh, I think it's their bracket, but uh, Lexington. I know that Lexington's tough. I just uh, Greenbrier's got their got their work cut out for them with Lexington. Yeah, the team that can can knock off Pearl Cone is Marshall County guys, uh, and the way they're going to do it is outscoring Pearl Cone. Uh, Marshall County's offense has put up unbelievable numbers this year with quarterback Salas Deet. Uh, you know, we talked about Region Four Four A possibly sweeping. I believe this is also a possible sweep here uh, for Region Five. Um, Greenbrier, I believe, it, you know, defense travels in the postseason, and Greenbrier towards the end of the year uh, were, were, was playing pretty pretty close to their top ability. So um, they could go – and their defensive line is the top of, of line that can go on the road and cause enough havoc, maybe create a turnover or two and keep that uh, Bobcat team in the game. Yeah, I like Pearl Cone guys in, in the top of half of the bracket. They've, uh, they've really come on strong. I think they played exceptionally well down the stretch, but uh, – Cam, I'm like you. Watch Marshall County in the bottom half of that bracket. Nine and one this year, and uh, if they could get back another shot at Pearl Cone, man, I tell you that ought to be a heck of a ball game. Yep, for for sure. All right, going into three A uh, regions, three and four, Cannon County, the only area team of consequence here. But the matchups are like this: Grundy County at Sweetwater, McBen Central at Sequatchie County, Cannon County at Loudon, Brainerd at Giles County. If you watched her scoreboard show on Saturday morning. We talked about that long trip. Cannon County had to make out to Loudoun. Um, can Cannon County make some noise here, or does Region 3 have kind of the horses in this one? 
I don't think the region, except for Dallas County, I'm going to put that out. I was about to say, (laughs) I I think Dallas County is the team to beat out of this quadrant, uh, regardless of the regions here. Uh, I do think that that second round matchup, I know they're outside of our coverage area, but that second round matchup possibly between Sweetwater and Sequatchie could be a pretty good ball game. Yeah, Sequatchie's got a pretty decent team. Cannon County, they went down to Loudon last year, and I know they're pumped up, and uh, this program's come a long way in the last few years. They're doing some good things. It's a tough road trip, but Cannon County will go down there. They'll be fired up. They'll give their best for certain against a a pretty good Loudon team, and uh, we'll see how they come away with that. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for for Cannon against Loudon, but – uh, again, I, uh, Giles County, definitely, I agree with you, Cam, Giles County, definitely the uh, the, the team to beat in this region. All right. Uh, over to uh, Regions 5 and 6, the other kind of spotlighted region that we've been working at for the last few weeks. Uh, Smith County winning the region title gets Sycamore at home. Fairview will host Maplewood. White House travels to East Nashville, and Stratford heads out to Waverly. Yeah, we talk about uh, smaller school classifications, guys, in uh, – the potential second round matchups here are darn good. Maybe the best out of out of uh, especially out of the smaller classifications. I know that uh, classification with seven and and region seven and eight in six A is loaded. But uh, these second round matchups potentially between Smith County and Fairview and East Nashville and Waverly are darn good. And, and if you're a, an Al fan, you definitely got to favor. Uh, you know they they like that they get to play at the whole uh, the whole time, uh, except possibly in a quarterfinal matchup. Uh, but you definitely, uh, if you're Smith County, you're kind of glad to avoid Waverly at this point. As East, I believe it's East and Elliott uh, for Waverly uh, has just been a wrecking force. Nobody can stop that kid. Uh, it could be a, a problem for East Nashville next week as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I look at this and I don't. There's only one game I see that has a possibility of uh, possibility of an upset in the first round, in my opinion, um, and that's that East Nashville White House game. Um, and that you know White House is going to have to play a perfect game to 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 do anything. It's just that East Nashville has been on a little bit of a a slide. We'll see how, if how they deal with adversity. Uh, you know, we'll get into the picks a little bit later, but um, yeah, I'll be I'll actually be at that game. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. But I think that for the most part, you know, we're looking at second round matchups here uh, that are going to be, uh, I think that Waverly, uh, if it turns out and it's Waverly East Nashville, that's going to be a heck of a game. And I think that Smith County Fairview, if that's the way it works out, it's going to be another heck of a game. So I think that the second round in this one is lining up to be a really, really fun uh, region. Yep. But I tell you what, Smith County, a big advantage getting to play at home. I mean, at the hole, they got East Nashville there last week. And uh, I'll go ahead and have my heaping helping of Crow. Uh, I picked East Nashville, and Smith County came away with that 15 14 victory. And, you know, they're tough to beat there in that atmosphere with that crowd there. And uh, Smith County, they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out having to go there and beat them in the playoffs. Gee, yeah. Tom, how could you pick against the Owls? It's not like. <laughs> No, so I said eat crow and not eat owl, thankfully. Right. <laughs> so I have enough crow for both of us because I, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't well, Y'all better make threes a company here, guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the only one that picked Smith County last week. Woo. Uh, mm. uh, no, I was. And uh, you did it because you were afraid of Coach Dyer. <laughs> call it whatever it is. 
He's a very intimidating man. <laughs> Knowing uh, him personally, I'm not scared of him, but uh, you know, that's just me. Yeah, anyway, he's a big teddy bear. Anyway, um, yeah, East Nashville is in a get-right spot against White House. If they can bounce back and, and you know, do some good things, and, and maybe they have some momentum they can get back. But coming in off a two-game losing streak, it's a tough spot to be in. And when White House is kind of smelling some blood in the water, for sure, but the other three matchups look pretty lopsided to me as well. So, yeah. All right. Into 2A. There's Trousdale County heading to Tyner. Uh, Westmoreland hosts Meigs County. Harpeth on the road at Bledsoe County. And East Robertson gets Polk County at home. All right, guys. So Cam, I'm going to let you discuss this one first. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, uh, expect more of the same out of Trousdale County as far as uh, Calhoun playing running back, I would think, on the road. Uh, that Tyner team is probably just a little bit too good for Charles County to go on the road and knock knock them off for the fifth year in a row. Uh, the best matchup in this in this quadrant is Westmoreland and Meigs County. If there's two teams that play more identical football than these two, I, I don't know who they are. Uh, both of them play defense. Both of them like physicality. Both of them like to run the football. Uh, this will be, be a huge game. Uh, slight advantage to Westmoreland playing at home uh, at the Rock Pile in Meigs County, having to make that two-and-a-half, three-hour trip up. Um, the other teams in our area, Harpeth, uh, has to go on the road. That's a long way from Harpeth to Pikeville, guys. Um, probably lean Bledsoe in that matchup. And then the most intriguing, the best matchup is definitely Westmoreland and Meigs, but the most intriguing is this Polk County-East Robertson matchup. East Robertson has athletes all over the field, and they're going to give Polk County fits, guys. But Polk County runs that weird kind of wishbone-type offense um, with some physicality that if they can, can if they can get good yardage on first down and stay a, a, ahead of the chains, they can shorten this game and stay in this game until um, later on in the game. And one thing that I will add, East Robertson coming off the first region championship since 2005, they lost in the first round in 2005. Yeah, you know, you look at uh, this is another one of those regions where, um, you know, these teams have beat up on each other. I'm talking about Tyner, Meigs County, Bledsoe, and uh, Polk uh, have kind of beat up on each other. And it's, it, it's really difficult to get a, re- a read. I think that Meigs County Westmoreland game, Cam, I think you're right. I think that's uh, going to be probably the best matchup out, out of this group. Um, but I, I, I really think that there's a, uh, a good chance for three out of the four to come uh, to come out of the the East Robertson, uh, Harpeth, Westmoreland, Trousdale County area, uh, that region. Um, it you know, history is a funny thing. It, it repeats for a reason, um, and you know, I'm I'm really interested to see how how Trousdale County stays with Tyner. Down to 1A to uh, help finish off Division One brackets. Uh, Red Bulling Springs at South Pittsburgh. Gordonsville hosts Lookout Valley. Whitwell at our Whitwell host Joe Burns and Sill Creek travels up to Clay County. Um, we've made a lot of the Gordonsville Clay County game and how that one wound up, and then Gordonsville and South Pitt could be a round two game. Um, is there anything that may disrupt any of this, or do we think chalk kind of rules here? I think uh, chalk kind of rules in yeah. this region for sure. And, I mean, it's inevitable South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville are going to play. I think it's just preordained at the start of the season that uh, 
these two teams have to play in the playoffs. The Joe Burns Whipple game is a little bit intriguing to me. Whipple's had a nice season, and it's been kind of quiet on the down low after they, uh, they, I believe, they won a state title just a few years back. They've kind of had to rebuild again, but here they sit at number two. But Joe Burns is always a competitive team. That might be the most interesting matchup to me in round one, anyway. Yeah, we'll mention uh, they did have to rebound, rebuild after winning that state championship. Coach uh, Bolden actually left Whitwell after that state championship game now at Waverly, uh, which is, uh, of course, won their region in 3A. Um, definitely Joe Burns, Whitwell, the, the best matchup here. Uh, and if you're Clay County, that game, you know, we talked about it, guys. That game last week with Gordons was so big, not only because you get to play S- South Pittsburgh second, so to speak, but you get to play them at home. And, and that that's a huge advantage. Going to Bean Stadium, you know, you talk small school football, you talk small school stadiums and stuff like that. The jungle surely is a, a hard place to, to go in at Gordonsville. Uh, the Creek Bank at Charlesdale County, a hard place to go in. Bean Stadium is a really hard place to go win, guys, and Gordonsville's going to have to get it done if they hope to get a rematch with Clay County. Well, uh, Gordonsville's got uh, one thing that they haven't had before. Uh, they've got a coach that has uh, – uh, well, I don't want to say they hadn't had before, but haven't had recently, and that's a, a head coach that knows what it takes when it comes to playoffs uh, to 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 take it all the way. Um, and I think that in this particular case, uh, that may play into it. Uh, but I think for the most part, we're talking chalk here. Yeah, yeah. Interesting point there as far as like playoff experience for head coaches. Though Stephen Jackson's no stranger to it, being coming from Oakland and. Now, this is going to be kind of where his expertise really lies and how they handle this postseason run. So that's going to be interesting to see how Gordonsville handles not just the first round, but South Pittsburgh as well. So. Hey, one thing to mention, uh, I know the players have been there. Coach Jackson has also been on the staff at a few games when he was at Trousdale County that went and played South Pittsburgh as well. So not totally unfamiliar with going to play at South Pittsburgh. Good point there. And also, too, you know, Oakland played at South Pittsburgh last year. So, Steven Jackson's no stranger to it. He was down there just this last, just in 2021. So, yep. something that he can prepare for for any potential second-round game with Gordonsville and South Pittsburgh. Opposite side in 1A, Regions 5 and 6, where Eagleville is the number three seed. They'll be going to Dresden. You got Fayetteville hosting South Fulton, then McEwen at Moore County, and Wake County at McKenzie. Guys, let's uh, we'll dive into this one real quick to see what you, your thoughts are. Yeah, this one real quickly, uh, horrible. I mean, it, they couldn't avoid it, uh, the draw for Eagleville, our long coverage team out of this quadrant. Uh, guys, it's murderer's row. If you win, you get Fayetteville probably more than likely. If you beat Fayetteville, you get McKenzie more than likely. I mean, it's just one after another after another. Uh, definitely a tough road for Eagleville if they hope to make any kind of noise. Fayetteville oh, has looked on a on a mission to me. The, I mean, that team is good. I've seen them play. Man, they're loaded, and I think it's going to be tough body to come out of here over that Fayetteville team. Yeah, I'll call it right now. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the scoreboard show uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or something like that. That uh, potential quarterfinal game is the state championship game in one A. Yeah, I think I, I I think Eagle Full has a tough time getting past Dresden actually in this first round. Um, I'm not saying they can't do it, but Dresden's a pretty good team, uh, and you know, like you said, it, it doesn't uh, Cam. It doesn't get any easier, uh, you know, as you get out. Yeah, it is kind of murderer's row there. Yep. Let's flip over to Division Two and look into Single A briefly. Uh, Friendship Christian and USJ are their one seeds in the upper half of that bracket. 
DCA will host Fayette Academy, while Clarksville Academy will host Lakeway Christian in round one. Um, guys, just real quick on these on these two first round games, you got anything on those? Yeah, that uh, Clarksville Academy Lakeway Christian game has potential to be a really good football game. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. All right, bottom half of Division Two single A, Tr- uh, Kings Academy at Trinity Christian, Columbia Academy at Jackson Christian. Tipton Rosemark at Middle Tennessee Christian. Nashville Christian will wait in the wings for round number two. Columbia Academy could be a player there to knock off Jackson Christian, but we'll see. Going on the road in the playoffs is tough. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I think that Middle Tennessee Christian, uh, you know, Columbia Academy could be an interesting second-round matchup and very well could happen. Hey, man, what a draw for Nashville Christian, guys. I think they're the clear favorite here on this side of the bracket. Yeah, yeah. I would, I'd agree with that. Double A is Boy Buchanan at CPA. Good pasture at Chattanooga Christian. Knoxville Grace at FRA. Lausanne awaits the Boyd Buchanan CPA winner in round number two in the upper half. My yeah, gosh. we talked about a good draw. Everybody in this side of the bracket got a bad draw. How <laughs> would you like to be Lausanne? Number one with a bye, and you get to face CPA or Boyd Buchanan you, in the you get second Eng- round. Ingle Martin or uh, Gary Rankin, pick your yeah. poison. Right yeah. in round Congratulations. number Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and guys, I, as a Tennessee fan and, and uh, you know, Tennessee heavily recruiting one of them, um, I've mentioned it for like three weeks in a row now, that potential Chattanooga Christian FRA game in the second round is going to be a great football game to go watch, guys. Yeah. If you want to see how to play running back, go watch that one with Boo Carter and Ty Clark. Boy, if it's CPA FRA in that, in that semifinal, look out because those two ran a, like, a fantastic game in the regular season, so – if what, they if they do get a rematch, it would be at FRA. And what a job Justin Geisinger has yes. done with FRA yep. this year! I mean, that's just amazing that they, are, you know, they get the uh, a second round. I I don't know that if I were Los Angeles, I would have just packed it in and played and, and been uh, not uh, not got the buy at this point. <laughs> and another thing that I will mention, CPA and Boy Buchanan, they may be unfamiliar with playing each other. But the head coaches are not unfamiliar with each other. They've played each other several times. Yeah. Yep. Good to note there. Uh, lower half of the bracket. Well, there's Lipscomb Academies waiting for the ECS Silverdale winner. And that game is a neutral site game. It's going to be playing, guess where? Lipscomb Academy. So they get to scout in their home turf this week. Knoxville Webb awaits the winner of Davidson Academy and North Point Christian as the Bears go all the way to South of Memphis, actually, into Mississippi to play their first-round game, believe it or not. Yeah, I looked that up, too. Uh, South Haven, Mississippi, and they're a TSSAA team. Yes. Uh, you guys, you know, no disrespect to any of these teams on this side of the bracket, but this is – you're talking about chalk. This is chalk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think – well, if Davidson Academy doesn't get bus lag – uh, I think, I think they got a good a, a good uh, shot to to move on to Knoxville Webb, but yeah, I agree. I think at at some point, uh, unless Lipscomb Academy, you know, just you know get you know has a bad case of the dropsies or I don't know, uh, you know, just falls well, over. You know, <laughs> the the deal is, guys, they they showed they played a bad half against CPA, and it still didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's point out though real quick. Davidson Academy has made this trip to North Point already this season, and came away with that win no problem. I think they'll do that again, 
and could be interesting to see get them against Knoxville Webb to see yeah. what happens in that potential second round game. Potentially, that Davidson Academy offense found some some stride when uh, Cortland Simmons came back. Yep. Yes. In AAA, it is Knoxville Catholic at Christian Brothers in round one. The winner travels to NBA in the quarterfinals. St. Benedict at Macaulay. That winner gets to go to Ensworth in the upper half. Um, we talked about chocolate, but it seems like this might be it here. Yeah. I don't so know, guys. That Macaulay, that Macaulay-Ensworth game has potential to be a great game. Yeah. I'm not out of I wouldn't call it chalk. It's, it's too close for me, especially if it's Macaulay. Yeah, if it's Macaulay, I could see it. Yeah, it's so weird to see Macaulay without the bye. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, they should have no trouble with St. Benedict, but, you know, they're moving them away from Chattanooga now. They're they're so used to playing, you know, hey, it's it's November, we're at home. Uh, you know, right. uh, you know, so they have to travel to, to Nashville. But I, I still think that uh, what worries me about, uh, you know, what worries me is NBA should not stumble. They've not stumbled all year. But you, you kind of worry about that being out there, um, you know, and whether it happens against McCauley or Ensworth, it's something that uh, that they're going to have to guard against. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they're, they're grounded and, you know, they're, they're on a mission. Um, and they should run this. I would just, yeah, I would be shocked, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset here. I, I think in terms of NBA, it will be an absolute shock if they lose. Just putting it out there just because of the way they played all year and how they've dominated a lot of teams, just the way that team has been working like a machine in this season. If, I'll they, say, if they lose, it's a shock to me. Yeah. If if they lose before Chattanooga, it's a shock, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, see, that I think that's fair. I think a that's potential fair. matchup with Baylor, that game was so close the first time, I wouldn't call it a shock if Baylor was to win that second matchup. Yeah. On the bottom half, it's Father Ryan at MUS. The winner travels to Baylor. Pope Prep will host Briarcrest, and Brentwood Academy gets that second-round game at home. I'm hitting my upset alert button. Uh oh. Father Ryan over MUS. They did it last year on the road at MUS. Uh, I believe that they could possibly do it again this year. When you have a quarterback like JoJo Crump uh, that can put up the points like that, I know that Father Ryan defense has struggled at times this year, uh, but MUS better be on upset alert. Yep. Yep, for sure. And uh, Brentwood Academy sitting there, that one seed, and Pope Prep. You know, has found some footing without Kenny Minchie, but they're not at 100% without him. So they can't overlook Briarcrest in any way, shape, or form, or else their season will be done around one. Yeah, I mean, Chet Lax has actually stepped in and played well uh, for Pope Prep. I, I think that uh, they have what it takes to move to on. But, boy, that Brentwood Academy team right now is playing incredibly, incredibly well. Um, I, I I, I think MUS is uh, – I, I, I understand what you're saying, Cam, and I'm not disagreeing. I do think that when you have a player like JoJo Crump, you kind of throw everything out the window if he can make plays. Um, but, boy, that Baylor team's awfully tough. I, I would think that we would see Brentwood Academy and Baylor out of this region. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, that potential matchup – if you're NBA, you're kind of glad that both of them are on the opposite side. I know Macaulay is Macaulay, and they're the defended champs. But yeah, uh, you know, I'd definitely rather be on the other side of the quadrant from those two. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, before we move forward, uh, Scott, I think we have a, a new announcement to make about a new sponsor coming on board. We do. We have a new sponsor for uh, for our uh, playoff coverage and also for our uh, regional players of the year, and that's Gastite. Uh, Gastite is a manufacturer of corrugated stainless steel tubing for commercial and residential gas heating systems. Uh, Gastite and Flash Shield CSST are both are they're American made and manufactured in Portland, Tennessee. So uh, you can visit gastite.com to learn more. Corrugated stainless steel tubing. They've also just released a new line of line sets for HVAC use called Python. You can view those. At, you can view that at pythonls.com. Uh, it's a great company uh, there in Portland. Uh, one of our uh, uh, Middle Tennessee areas that we cover, and uh, quite frankly, you know, we're glad to have them. We appreciate them on, and uh, you know, thanks, uh, thanks for joining the team. All right, yeah, glad to have Gas Tide on as a playoff coverage sponsor for the 2022 season. Uh, more, hopefully, to come later on this year. We need to pay some more bills through Innovate Medical before we go forward. Boy, with all this playoff talk, guys, maybe thirsty to make some picks. Let's do that, oh, show yeah. guys. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. Speaking of thirsty, nope. uh, week 11 was bloodthirsty. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we took a we took a big chance by picking 15 games last week, and boy, uh, some of us paid for it. So. Some of us paid it paid off. <laughs> Some of it, yeah, yeah, but uh, the the top four are still separated by five games. So, you know, with this with the five weeks to go, still anybody's game. I mean, Reggie's had a bit of a second half swoon, but other than that, you know, it's still pretty close. Well, let's check out the overall board for this year, and yeah, Cam's slowly but surely kind of sneaking up on me, so I got to pick it up here. In the postseason last week, so the told you so from last week. Scott had Columbia Academy over Grace Christian. Tom had Clay County over Gordonsville, and Cam had Stone Memorial over DeKalb County. I personally couldn't care less. <laughs> I know what the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates feel like now. <laughs> <laughs> Best farm system in baseball. <laughs> oh quite man, a, quite a quite a baseball right there. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's look back like at valedictorian of summer school. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look back at, at this mess from week 11. Uh, Cam and the fans picked Brentwood over Centennial. We all had CPA, correct? Um, Nashville Christian, four out of six had Nashville Christian. And then Smith County, Cam and Reggie were on the Owls. Uh, Reggie and I were, had Waverly over Fairview in that one. Uh, everybody but the fans had Clarksville over Gallatin. And there's Thomas, Clay County win. Uh, Harpeth, Reggie went with Harpeth. That didn't work out for him. Westmoreland won that one, and so did the rest of us. McGavick over Laverne. We all swept that one, and we were split on Ravenwood Independence. We all took Smyrna over Overton. Uh, five out of six with Riverdale over Stewart Creek. Reggie lost that one, and Reggie lost the rest of his picks too. But uh, you know, 
again, that's a tough week for him. Uh, we all lost Charleston County at Watertown, so uh, hats off to the Yellow Jackets again for that win. Uh, Middle Tennessee Christian, Reggie tried with the Cougars, but it didn't work out. Friendship Christian won that one. And uh, Scott, Tom, Cam, and the fans all have Mount Juliet over Green Hill. So there you go. On to week number 12, round one of the postseason. We've got Maplewood at Fairview to start us off. Let's go quickly because we're going to run out a little bit of time here. We've all got Fairview in this one. Uh, uh, Cam, take this one if you would. Yeah, too much, guys. This Yellow Jacket team uh, just come got off to a slow start last week against Waverly, really got behind eight ball and just couldn't make up enough ground uh, in that matchup. I definitely like them against a Maplewood team, but kudos to that Maplewood program uh, getting things headed back in the right direction with a playoff appearance. Gallatin at Cane Ridge. It's that one versus four matchup over there at 6A. We're all on the Ravens this week. Uh, Scott, give me what you got on that one. Yeah, well, you know, the Green Waves kind of in the last couple of weeks turned into more of a lazy river than a tsunami. Um, just uh, the dominant run attack has not generated any points. Um, Cane Ridge has had this game circled since they were upset in the first round last year. Coach Eddie Woods made a point of uh, changing the culture on the basis of this. And here's where we see uh, just what effect that has. All right. McGavick at Beach, another 1-4 on the opposite side with the Buccaneers as the one seed here. And you now we're all going with the Buccaneers in this one too. Tom, why don't you hit us up this one? You know, I think McGavick's had a nice season, guys, but I, I like Beach, Justice Law in this game. I just think they're going to get it done at home. And uh, I expect McGavick to be scrappy. Again, they've, they've had a good season, but I think it's Beach all the way. All right. Hendersonville at Smyrna. Um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're agreeing a lot here, guys. This kind of concerns yeah. me. We're all guys, I'm not going to be able to make up any ground at this rate. <laughs> you're, you're not helping me get back from 26 games out here. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, pick some up. Yeah, step out on a limb. We did it all year for you. Yeah, that's right. Big challenge here for Hendersonville as they've struggled down the stretch, but Stevin Mack could give them some stability in the running game. But the way Aaron Carter and this Smyrna defense has been all year, it's going to be really tough to go to Smyrna and get a win, and I like the Bulldogs for that reason. Wilson Central at Nolansville. Huh. Wait a minute. Reggie's going with Wilson Central, and I bet we all know why. It's a cat. <laughs> it is the cat sticking together pick of the week sponsored by – oh, wait, we don't have a sponsor for that. Sorry. Uh, all right. I'll call so, Friskies later. Okay, there we go. Uh, the rest of us have Nolansville. Um now, I'm going to take this one, too. I just think that Nolansville has too much firepower here. Wilson Central has improved in the last month, but not to the point where they're going to beat Nolansville, especially not at home. And the way that you know, Chance Fitzgerald has played recently, Samson Johnson get a lot of the, bulk of the work last week, and, and, and Kobe Walton, the quarterback, I just I think that's too much for Wilson Central. And I like the Knights to advance, and I think it's kind of the reason that we all, except for Reggie, like the Knights to advance. On to page two, Sycamore at Smith County, who had down in the hole in Carthage. Smith County across the board. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, I like the Owls. Playing at home, it's like I said earlier, uh, they got that one seed, and I thought just a huge win over East Nashville for that program last week. Matt Dyer's doing a fantastic job, and uh, Smith County, I don't think it's really getting enough credit in 3A. I, I saw they only moved up, I think, one spot. After that win last week, uh, they're going to be a tough out playing down in the hole out of that quadrant. I, I like Smith County here, and I think they may go a few rounds in these playoffs. Yep. Green Hill at Page. They run this one back from the quarterfinals last year. Uh, it was at Green Hill. Page blew them out. Don't see that happening this year, but we're all taking the Patriots just the same. Uh, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I look at this and, and I think, you know, every week we say, don't kick it to Caleb Carver. And every week they kick it to Caleb Carver. Uh, don't think Coach Rathbone will make that mistake. I like, uh, you know, this was a very close game. But I, when you look at it closely at the resume, um, only one of the wins for Green Hill came against the playoff team. That was Wilson Center on week three, whereas Page has wins against Fairview, Coffee County, Giles County, Franklin County, Lincoln County. I just think uh, Page is too strong. It's a tough pick, but they're at home, and I like the Patriots. All right. Overton at Clarksville. Like we said, that's a running this one back from week one. We're Overton one late on a touchdown. Here in Clarksville, uh, the first game we're finally split on, truly across the board. Cam and I and Reggie are on the Bobcats, of course, and Scott and Tom have Clarksville. Uh, Cam, why don't you get us started here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I changed this pick at 3.30 this afternoon. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about this matchup, guys. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice for sure. Uh, but I just think that that over team with uh, Ryder Hagen is good enough offensively to go on the road and score enough points to uh, get a win and hopefully get Juice Majors back next week. Yep. I'm going to second that. And I'm going to mention the name Javon Edmonton in the backfield for Overton. He's going to be carrying the load for this offense. And if he has a productive night, I think they'll win again. Um, Scott, why don't you give me the Clarksville side of it? Uh, the Clarksville side of it, I uh, once again, uh, Coach Shelby has his offense running on all cylinders, um, even though da- Davin Geringer is coming back. Um, they put together a pretty nice five-game winning streak, and they, it, that included a win over Hendersonville. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, Carnell uh, is just – Jamar Carnell is just a, a better running back. Um, I like Overton. I think they're good. I just think that right now, uh, you know, Clark's full at home. Is uh, playing confident and they're playing. They're playing very well. All right. And the game that you're going to be at White House at East Nashville this week. Uh, we're all on the Eagles. Um, go ahead and give me your your take on this, Scott. Uh, well, I think it's not time to panic. This is a game. Um, even though East Nashville's dropped two games in a row, um, you know they they average forty points a game up until the last two where they've managed fourteen. But those were against two very good defensive teams. I think that White House is a young team. I think that they they can stay with them for a little while. But I expect Zach Beard and uh, Frank Gordon to have a big big game in this one. All right. Yeah, I look for the Eagles to get their feet back up under them in this one. Yeah. You know, they they're still reeling a little bit from that Riverdale game against Smith County. Going to the holes a hard place to go in. I think the Eagles get headed back in the right direction. All right. And that brings us to our spotlight game of the week, which is Riverdale at Lebanon. And we're split here, too. Tom and Scott are on Riverdale. Cam and I are on Lebanon, and we'll get Reggie's pick in a minute. But I want to hear from Tom first about this one. Yeah, uh, I tell you, th- this was my toughest game, guys. I mean, I think I picked this last out of all the games we had and just back and forth. I love Lebanon and uh, what Coach Gentry does. I think his team's going to be prepared. I just feel like Riverdale's finally found the offense. They finally got themselves back on track. They've been playing some really good football down the stretch. Isaiah Verser, they found somebody that can carry the rock in the backfield. He had a great game last week with 227 yards. They're a great defensive team, as we all know. Caleb Herring leading the way on that side of the ball. Man, I tell you what, it's not going to surprise me if either team wins this football game. 
but I just like the way Riverdale's been playing of late a little bit better than Lefton, and I think Riverdale's going to go on the road and get it done in round one in a tough, tough football game and environment. All right. Uh, Cam, give me the Lebanon side of it. Yeah, the Lebanon side of it, guys, is, you know, Lebanon has struggled at times this year, especially putting up points. Uh, but one thing that Lebanon has not struggled at is that is defense, guys. You look at Jack Kleiner on the defensive line with the uh, closing in on 10 sacks this year. You got Nolan Sandifer in the secondary. You got Anthony Crowell in the secondary. Uh, I just really think that this Lebanon defense is good enough to win in what I believe may be a lower scoring game than most uh, predict, like a 17 14 type ball game. We've yet to hear from one. Scott, go ahead. What you no, say. no, no. I, no, I was just agreeing with Cam. I think you're right. I think I think it is a lower scoring game. I think that uh, Isaiah Verser is going to be critical for, for Riverdale. I mean, you're talking about a team that averaged 19 points a game the first eight weeks. Now they're averaging 31.5. Uh, I think they, to Tom's point, they found an offense. Uh, but I, these are two two really really good defenses here and so that for that reason i do think cam that you're, you're right it is going to be a grind well we've yet to hear from one on this game and uh, it's time for reggie to make his weekly pick so let's see who he's got it's time for him to make his picks step around step around he's made his pick his pick for the first round of the playoffs is the Warriors of Riverdale High School. Well, there you have it. Reggie's going with Riverdale. So, Scott, Tom, and Reggie are on the Warriors. Cam and I are on the Blue Devils. And just a num- reminder that you can vote on all these games at our website, 615preps.com. Vote for who you think is going to win up until kickoff on Friday this week. So, Make sure to go and do that. Let's recap these real quick. We've all got we've all got Fairview, we've all got Cane Ridge, we've all got Beach, we've all got Smyrna. Reggie has Wilson Central. The rest of us are on Nolansville. Page two, we've all got Smith County, we've all got Page, we've all got Overton, we've all got East Nashville. Actually, check that. We've got Scott and Tom have Clarksville. The rest of us at Overton. We've all got East Nashville. Scott and Tom have Riverdale. The rest of us, Scott and Tom and Reggie have Riverdale. The rest of us have Lebanon. So. Try to do that as quickly as possible. Big show. We're done. So one more word from all of y'all before we get out of here. Uh, Cam, start us off. Yeah, I'll start us off by saying this, guys. It's playoff time. Uh, I know we cover 88 teams. Not all 88 teams made the playoffs, of course. Uh, But these 10 matchups are the only 10 matchups that included two teams from the 615 area code. Um, If you do not see your game picked in our top 10, uh, you can find those picks online at 615preps.com later on in the week. We pick every game involving a 615preps team, so don't get discouraged. Just look on our website later on in the week. And then I have to bask in the glory a little bit, guys. Uh, for the first time since I was three years old, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers are number one. <laughs> <laughs> Much yeah. to music to Scott's ears. Oh. <laughs> I could have lived without that. Yeah. So, Speaking of music to Scott's ears. <laughs> well, Don't play it. We can't afford it. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's your only excuse that works. That, that's why. That's the only saving grace right here, Scott, is that the money aspect of it. So, But, but hey, guess what? We can sing it, though. Rocky Top, you'll always be. 
home sweet home to me. <laughs> and there goes the headset. <laughs> Is it over? Halloween was uh, yesterday. <laughs> it's Big Orange Day every day, Scott. Don't you do yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Tom, why don't you uh, take the next one? I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, one thing I've noticed in high school football, and it's been coming for a few years, but I've really paid uh, close, close attention to it this year. That's the parity in high school football. We, we've seen more, I guess, equalness in all the teams than we've ever seen before. You know, it, it's to the point where we look at teams that maybe two and eight, three and seven going into the playoffs. And in years past, you know, a lot of people felt like, if your record was two and seven, you know, three and eight, whatever, something like that, you didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. This year's been a different story. Look at two and eight Trousdale County that comes down to a, a week 11 matchup with a longtime rival in Watertown. Trousdale County wins that game. They keep their tradition alive. They go to the playoffs. I'm saying all this to say there's going to be a lot of great football playoff action starting on Friday night. I think we're going to see some upsets, some games that are going to be surprising. Some games that uh, that are going to be closer than I think a lot of people realize. And uh, I, I tell you, I think it's just all due to the parity. Everybody's gotten, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Everybody's just gotten a little bit better. And I think it's made it more fun for high school football this year. Yeah. Scott, you're up. A couple of reminders. One, if you're traveling to East Tennessee, check your, uh, check your game time. Uh, you don't want to show up an hour late uh, to your game. Um, it would be something I would do. It was something I did do once to a Tennessee game. Uh, the second thing is, is uh, we've broken the 300 mark or the 700 mark. We're at 282. Come on, folks. We're in a home stretch. I need you guys to get uh, your friends and family to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hey, if you're listening to us on a podcast, go to whatever. If you're all listening to us on Apple, go to Apple, rate us. Uh, give us, if you would, a five-star review. It helps us get found by people who may not know that we exist um, or wish we didn't. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, those kind of things help keep this, uh, keep this ship going. Um, and uh, if you want one of these shirts, just reach out to us at 615preps uh, at gmail.com and, uh, and we, we'll get you set up. I want to piggyback off something Tom said. He made a great point. Um, the parity around this area, and a lot of that is due to the talent level in this area just coming through the roof in the last couple of years with all the transplants coming in from out of state. And I know some people don't like that, but whatever. As far as high school football is concerned this area, it's been a boon for it because the last two years, the talent level has gone through the roof, and we've seen it in a lot of places. And there are some teams that haven't necessarily been the blue bloods in this state that have come to power over the last few years that said this playoff feels like it, it could be very unpredictable in a lot of places just because of that parity and that talent level is spread across the board but we are still going to have some teams that are going to be dominant and probably win their state championships without much of a fight you could be looking at oakland you could be looking at the nba you could be looking at friendship christian there are several of those who have the chance to really run the table and just assert their dominance over everybody not saying that'll happen but if it does you heard it here first so when you think about these playoffs and how they might look and how if you're going to pick your games who you're going to look at um first off have fun with it enjoy these next five weeks because they're going to be a lot of fun but secondly appreciate the type of talent that we have in this area because five or six years ago it wasn't like this 
And I'll add one more thing real quick. Guys, there's only one in each of these classifications going to be able to bring home a state championship. Only one. The other teams do not get to bring home a state championship. There's going to be hundreds. There's going to be thousands of players uh, in the state of Tennessee that play their last football game that they'll ever play. Be respectful and mindful of that. Uh, and do not do something that's out of the ordinary or silly or disrespectful. Uh, you know, those those kids uh, will remember this for 30 years uh, from now, win or lose here in the playoffs. Uh, just be respectful and mindful of that. Yep. And a quick programming note before we get out, uh, Scott and I will be over at Liberty Creek Thursday night. Uh, they're actually adding a 10th game to their schedule. They will host Ezel Harding. Both of those schools were not eligible for the playoffs this year, so they're going to play each other to cap their seasons on Thursday up there in Gallatin. So we'll be out there for that one. Been great to see those facilities because they've been mag- they're magnificent. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. That's all the damage we could do for the Mid-State 48 this week, powered by Miracle Auto Group. We are back here on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, right here with all the scores. We'll update the brackets, all that good stuff. You know how we roll. Um, for Cam, for Tom, for Scott, I'm Chris. We're out. Thanks. Have a lot of fun this weekend. We'll see you Saturday. Good old Rocky Dot. Woo.